Welcome to the Fight Shit Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events of the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Mr. Alan Kerr. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was uh, it was good. It was a lot relaxing. I didn't have to go anywhere this mm-hmm. weekend, so that was nice. I could close my shop up uh, Saturday afternoon and just chill for the weekend. I didn't have to just, drive anywhere. You didn't have to drive. You just kind of enjoyed the weekend. Enjoyed like the it's weekend. supposed to be jo- enjoyed. Yeah, and you know, uh, and then I'm. Today I was back at it. I literally drove to Big Spring, yeah, Snyder, Lubbock, wow. wow, and just literally got back 15 minutes ago from Lubbock. That's crazy. That's Isn't a that long. Crazy? That's a, yeah, a long drive, right? Yeah, Lubbock's four hours away. It is. And so all day long you been you were in the car. Basically, all I did was yeah, yeah, and I didn't get any work done. I hate that. So yeah, I'll have to do some late night work tonight. But I will have to tell you, this weekend was amazing as far as just combat sports. I think I spent $150 in pay-per-view stuff because I really wanted to see the Bellator this weekend. I really wanted to see the Tyson Fury fight. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it was very enjoyable. I had a great time just trying to ingest all of it, yeah. uh, which started on Friday and then Saturday sure night, you know. So you caught some of the Bellator? I, I caught all of it. You caught all of it. I th- I think I watched 35 fights on wow, Saturday, yeah. right? yeah. That's awesome. What did you do? Um, what did I do? You know what? My wife is, uh, she is, I, I drove her all around town because she's doing a fundraiser. So we um, go to different businesses and picked up stuff that she's been already talking to people about. They donate or whatever. And then on Sunday, uh, as part of that fundraiser, she's making 300 bunt cakes. And so she's 300, 300 of them. And she only, she only has a pan that makes six at a time. So 306 or so six divided by 300. How yeah. many pans do you have to? That's a lot. 50 times she goes in the oven. It's pretty much. She's already got a hundred or 200 already done 200. So she's going to start working. When on did next, she start last month? Last Thursday. Last oh Thursday. God. So she's all. And when long. is this? When is this fundraiser coming up down? on Saturday? This Saturday, yeah. Okay. So the fundraiser for um our daughter's school, and they're doing a barbecue. So, so because she wants presentation, she wants the flavor, she wants people to continue to talk about it and say, oh yeah, I'll I'll go back next year. Have you digested one of these bunt cakes? Of yet? course, I've uh, uh, several of them. Several. Yes. She has to make. F- yeah, but sometimes three hundred. Okay, she's made. She makes three hundred, but she's probably made more because there's sometimes she they come out to burn because she don't like. She's a perfectionist. Oh, okay. And so there's a lot. There's several left over. So when I'm sure you've eaten one that's decent. So how yeah. good is it? Oh, it's it's delicious. Amazing. Yeah, of course it's delicious. Now yeah. you, your wife's not in here, so t- tell me the truth. Yeah, is yeah, it? you're right. Yeah, but I, I will tell you the truth. Okay. It is. All it right. Is. Especially, you know, the way she makes her strawberries. She dogs her strawberries to make them really sweeter and the Cool Whip and everything like Sounds that. Sounds like so, a keeper there. Yeah, yeah. you got a keeper in your yeah, life, yeah. buddy. Yeah, and she's hustling. I mean, so she's, she's a hustler, on top yeah. of that. She's getting donations, making sure the food's getting ready. And yeah. Talking to people, so yeah, and then and also feeding me at the same time. <laughs> so the bunt cakes have a flavor, strawberry flavor. Is that the what ones she's making? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so your house has been filled with strawberry flavor for two weeks. Yeah, or boxes and boxes. Well, yeah, about a week. Boxes and boxes of of uh, cake mix, strawberry oh, cake mix. Yeah. So it takes more than one one yeah. package of yeah. cake mix. I think we've one gotten box. how we've, many boxes? Oh well, I th- she said eight. One box makes eight. So that's forty boxes, about. Yeah. Oh. So. But yeah, but that's pretty much it. Um, 
Did you catch all the fights? A lot of it. Or? I caught all the UFC fights, okay. and um, but I caught the tail end of the Bellator fight of um, Vasquez and Carmouche. Carmouche. And yeah. well, I caught well the whole fight. I watched the whole fight okay. in that one, but I, f- I totally forgot about uh, Cyborg. Cyborg. Yep. So, so before we get into um, all that, I mean, you know, we don't we didn't really we don't really recap. Yeah. Um, Bellator, but uh, how was Bellator? Bellator's card was better than UFC's card. Oh, yeah, well, I mean... Absolutely, hands down, it was a great night of action for me. Yeah. I really like... Uh, because I paid for the Bellator and I, ESPN, I could rewatch on ESPN Plus or whatever, yeah. I still would have switched over. I mean, it just was a it was a great card. Cyborg looked like Cyborg. Yeah. Very... Uh, she looked very refreshed, very... Uh, dominant. Dominant and yeah. committed to uh com- you know making a comeback if you want to call it a comeback but mm-hmm. she looked like a champion man. yeah i was um so. looking at that velasquez and uh and a carmouche fight i thought uh, the ref stopped it too soon he did didn't he yeah he did that's strange isn't it it is it's, and he's a good ref but he's uh, a good ref. Beltran, and uh, yeah and i don't know what happened there you i don't know? either i mean it's just um give it, she she didn't look like she was in any compromising position when hit once he went in and tried to stop the fight yeah uh but yeah i don't know i don't know you know, it's just one of those things where, as as the sport matures, the the refs will hopefully get better, and yeah. we, we don't see these you know crazy endings. Sometimes we see. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we're probably like in a second generation of refs now? Second kind of. Yeah, I would say second because first would have been in the nineties with John McCarthy, and boy, yeah. when you watch those first ten, even he didn't even know what he was doing, and and the rules change all the time. Yeah, that's the other thing is, you know. Basically, boxing's been around what 100 years, probably, yeah, yeah. and we've gotten past the experimental of new rules and old rules. Mm-hmm. So, that so the judges and the ref know exactly what they are, yeah. Well, well the problem with MMA right now yeah. is it, it changes by state, yeah, it changes by state, and it's left to um interpretation, exactly. Right. So, it's a uh, one judge's interpretation or one yeah. referee's interpretation of a rule or the, the outcome of a foul, it's up to them to do it and and i think that's a, it's a good point you make i think we are in the second generation yeah so yeah well definitely it'll get better well yeah we had a big uh weekend of uh combat sports um let's just go ahead and kick it off with um some boxing and uh we had two that we, we were on li- that we we're gonna list that we listed or we previewed um john riel casamedio was gonna defend his belt but um canceled yeah. do you know why he canceled um i don't know did you did you catch it catch i don't know I'll, I'll be quite honest with you uh i didn't know it was canceled until the night uh, <laughs> until you sent out our pickums for the week, and yeah. all of a sudden it's on there. I'm like, "Yeah, well, what happened? Where'd this?" And then when I looked it up, I'm like, "Oh, he pulled out." So yeah, I think um, there was some rules that he may have not have follow- followed in Europe. Um, it looks like he pulled out of the fight uh, last second, okay. and uh, due to um, gastritis, and uh, he-, he couldn't make weight. So he's probably was trying to make weight and doing a lot of maybe some things to help some maybe a diuretic or something right and that probably what's uh what did it in for him and you know talks are that he may be stripped of his title and um, i was it's almost like him. i think isn't this the second time i think so um in a row that uh he's been uh either that that fight has been canceled because he didn't make weight or did something like that too, yeah i think so. you're right yeah definitely but um, we had a backup fight. Thank we goodness had, but, we had another yeah, one. Yeah, someone right? else. Yeah, so maybe a little, little lesser known. Right. 
a person was in the background uh, waiting for um, that. We have Tyson Fury versus Dillian White from um, from London, from Wembley Stadium. Wow, and I can tell you the Gypsy King was in full form that night. The levels to this game that we just saw was case in point. Tyson Fury was miles ahead of Dillian White. You know, Dillian White can get a touch, can touch him. He, Dillian White even tried to come out southpaw whenever he fights, you know, orthodox. Yeah. And still didn't, couldn't crack that code. Well, it was like I said last week, there's elite and there's super elite. And <laughs> we saw super elite Tyson Fury, Fury at his best. I mean, he has come such a long ways in the mental aspect. I knew he was a smart fighter. Mm-hmm. I knew, knew he was a tactician too. Yeah. But where he had learned, I think, the the spacing that he needs mm-hmm. and to use his height and his uh, length of his arms, um, he didn't do that with Wilder in that in that second fight where he got knocked down. Is He just kept coming forward and wasn't yeah. using that advantage. You could clearly tell on this one, mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that Dillian White was, was out of range constantly. Yeah. It was by no means a clean fight. It was dirty. There was a lot of pushing. Very dirty. Head, head, headbutts, elbows getting thrown everywhere. Yeah. Dillian White getting frustrated. Um, Dillian White just did not look at, like himself at all. Um, but in the end, we do have Tyson Fury defeating uh, Dillian White by technical knockout. It was a nice, beautiful uppercut and push. Yeah, <laughs> at the and, end. and and here's the thing: is is the mental game? It just seemed to me yeah. that after he threw that, and we see the whole big picture that he was literally setting that up because he never yeah. threw he one knew, uppercut. N- yeah, he's, he he hit never that very showed well. it. He allowed Dillian White to come in just enough to get in range and then show that throw that uppercut. He, and he, he had, knew he landed. He had been yeah. pushing him off mm-hmm. for for five rounds, mm-hmm. and D- Dillian was getting frustrated. And he finally goes, "Oh my gosh, I got my open zone!" Yeah. And yeah. little did he know it was a bear trap. Yeah, it sure. It was. was beautiful. It was that knockout was beautiful too. Yeah. I mean, or that knockdown. I mean, yeah. Dillian White did, did try to come up, get up, and by the eight count, um, he did beat the eight count, but the referee did not see him well enough to to continue fighting absolutely and, and we do have a technical knockout uh by fury fury goes 32 0 and 1 um is this the last time we see tyson fury well he said after the fight that he promised his wife he would mm-hmm. retire and we know what kind of pull your wives have sometimes so what do <laughs> right. we think well, you know what? I think she's also quoted saying that she she believes that she he will come out of a tra- retirement to fight an Usyk or a a Joshua, or um, Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou. But I think that's the thing. He's like, I'm done fighting boxing events. Now I want to do entertainment events, which that Ngannou would be an entertainment entertainment event. I've heard upwards to maybe a hundred million dollars in purses, uh, as far as. You know, buy, you know the 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 payout. Here's the thing with that fight. I want to see Francis Ngannou get paid. He deserves yeah. to get paid. Yes, but I think it is a terrible fight for him. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's just. Um, I mean, they even said that there is there's different rules. There's there'll be a mix rules or something like that. But you know, maybe like a UFC gloves. And, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. No, the, the skills, he's leaps and bounds above, of course, Nganu. That's right. And, yeah, I mean, do we want to see it? Of course we want to see it. Of course it. I want to see it. Does yeah. Nganu want to get paid? Of course he wants to of get paid. Of course he does, yeah. 
You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can right. get knocked out? Eh. Yeah. For 40 mil? For 40. I think yeah. both of us get knocked yeah. out. Right. Maybe. <laughs> well, what do you think about White now? Man, I don't know. I, he's just... Uh, this is his third loss, right? Um, yep. And all by uppercuts, by by uh, by elite boxers, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, and I believe it was Povetkin that knocked him out also. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe just a gatekeeper now or just one of those that's lingering around. I mean, I, does he have a shot again now that if Tyson Fury does retire? Maybe. You know, does he beat the loser of, does he fight the loser of Usyk and Joshua? Maybe. That's another one that I could see happening. My problem with him is I don't even think he's a top 10 fighter in that division. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and let me throw the names out. You tell me if he beats him. Does he, clearly he's not beaten, he, he's lost a fury. Does mm-hmm. he beat Usyk? I don't know. I have to, I mean... I like Usyk. Usyk's very good. He beat, right. he beat Joshua, but was Joshua all there at that time? And was there too much pressure on Joshua? Um, I think this is going to be a tall tale sign or a tall tale of where Joshua is mentally, physically. Yep. He's got a new trainer, got a new mindset. Um, I'm really anxious to see that fight. But can he beat, can Usyk beat Dillian White? He is. He can. Yep. I'm sure he can. Can Dillian White beat Joshua? I don't think so. Can Dillian White beat Wilder? I don't think so. I don't think so, right? Can Dillian White beat Parker? I think he can beat Joseph Parker. Okay. Yeah. Can he beat Ruiz Jr.? I just he's another one that I want to see where his heart's at because you oh, know, Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. Okay. So can he beat Ortiz? A a forty two year old Ortiz? I don't know. I guess that uh, maybe he fights the winner of that fight. Okay. What about Joe Joyce? Is that no, eight? I don't think so. I think I don't Joe think Joyce he beats him either, right? Guy. He, the youthful guy coming out. And what about Sanchez? He's 20 and uh, Sanchez. Tank, Frank Sanchez? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think so. Frank I don't think Sanchez so. Is a beast. My he's point a is, Dillian White is not a top 10 fighter. He, he's ranked right now four, but I just don't think he's fourth. Yeah. yeah. I think they, they ranked him fourth at an obligation because he's been there. And, yeah, and he had a know. belt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, it should be interesting to see where both these fighters' paths go. One being in retirement, at least today on a... You know, but may not be given the right amount of money for him. So, right. Yeah. Um, well, now on to this this week's boxing events. We have uh, three huge boxing events, two on the same card, uh, one in New York and the other one in Las Vegas, Nevada, the capital of boxing. Would you say it's the capital of boxing? I would say it's the capital of boxing. Yeah. Well, first off, we are going to preview Jesse Vargas versus Liam Smith. So this is at uh, super welterweight division, 154 pounds. Brian Castano, Jamal Charlo are some of the other champs. Now, Jesse, the pride of Las Vegas. Vargas is 32 years old, 29-3-2 with 11 Ks. He is currently unranked due to inactivity. His last fight was a loss by decision, February of 2020, and he is 2-2-2 in his last six fights. Now, Liam Beefy. Smith is twenty is thirty three years old. Thirty three and one is his record, and he has seventeen Ks. He is currently ranked eighth in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO October of twenty twenty one, and he is four and two in his last six fights. Now Smith is a minus two fifty and Vargas is a plus one ninety. 
Jesse Vargas is from Las Vegas, Nevada. He is in his 13th year as a professional boxer, standing at 5'11 with a 71-inch reach. He fights fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He has now compiled a 37% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Humberto Soto, Aaron Herrera, and Saram Ali. Notable losses come against Mikey Garcia, Manny Pacquiao, and Timothy Bradley. Liam Smith is from Liverpool, England. He's in a thir- he's he's also in his 13th year as a professional boxer, standing at 5'9 with a 70-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 56% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Anthony Fowler, Roberto Garcia, and Sam Ellington. Notable losses come against Jaime Munguia, Canelo Alvarez, and Magomed Kurbanov. I know I've seen Liam Smith. I'm sure I have not seen Jesse Vargas because... He hasn't fought for two years, so have you seen Vargas? I've had, I have actually seen him live. Oh, what? Yeah, saw him fight Mikey Garcia live from the Ford Center in Frisco, Texas. Mikey Garcia won that fight, right? Sure did. Yeah. Unanimous decision. What do, what do you think of, of Vargas? I like Vargas. He's um he's a really uh, boxer's boxer. Like he's a real tough. Um, comes forward. He's uh, not scared. He's very. He's also a commentator, so he's he's oh. very. Um, knowledgeable in the sport in the first place, uh, very well spoken. Uh, he's a the zone commentator, and um, but then I've also seen Liam Smith, and he's I seen him fight Jaime Munguia. Um, yeah, and we saw uh, that. Yeah, and that was um, that was pretty close. I mean, that, that yeah. was a decision also, I believe, and uh, where some people even believe that he probably beat Jaime Munguia. Well, this is a pretty even even match the fight odds say that and and so does i mean their ages are one year apart they're they're literally one looks looks like there's a couple fight difference in the records i mean mm-hmm. this is this should be a good matchup we'll just see if vargas has some ring rust right yeah, i think one thing that kind of puts uh vargas's record kind of you know um in the background is his two draws he has two draws so that's yeah, uh two right. wasted wins or you know maybe even losses to tell where yeah. he would be in his career um, I'm going to go ahead and pick, uh, I'll pick Liam Smith with a unanimous decision. Well, I'm liking that because I also going to go with the more active fighter, obviously Smith by decision as well. Later on, on that card, we do have the main event, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. So this is a 10 rounds in the lightweight division, 135 pounds. Katie Taylor is the unified champ in this division. Now, this is for all four of Taylor's titles. Katie Taylor is 35 years old, 20 and 0, with six KOs. She is currently ranked first in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision December of last year, and she debuted in 2016. Now, Amanda, the real deal, Serrano, is 33 years old, 42. One and one, and she is currently ranked number one in the featherweight division at 126 pounds. Her last fight was a win by decision, December of last year, and her only loss was in 2012. Now, Serrano is a minus 140, and Taylor is a plus 110. Katie Taylor is from Ireland, standing at 5'5", with a 66-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. She made her boxing debut back in November of 2016. She has a 30% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Jennifer Hahn, 
Natasha Jonas, and Delphine Pearson. She has no losses. Amanda Serrano is from Puerto Rico. She is 5'5 with a 65 and a half inch reach, fighting out of the Southpaw fight stance. She made her her boxing debut back in March of 2009. She now has a 71% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Miriam Gutierrez, Yamalith Mercado, Daniela Bermudez. Notable losses come against Frida Wartenberg. Biggest woman's fight ever is what in the history, promoters say. In right? history. In history. So, have you? did you watch any of the pr- press conference? I have not. How, how, that, how have they been acting? Okay. Well, they both are very uh, cordial to each other. Good. However, Serrano <laughs> was asking Katie Taylor, Taylor across the way, hey, do you want to make this fight this weekend a three-minute per round instead of two? Let's be a man and let's do it. <laughs> what do you think Katie Taylor said? Yes. No. Oh, she said no. She she was like, no, I respectfully <laughs> decline. Uh, do you know who is the promoter for Katie Taylor? Promoter for Katie Taylor. I thought I did. I, I think I do. But I don't. I'm Eddie, not a, Eddie Hearn, right? Eddie Hearn, yeah. Okay. yeah the zone, yeah. Okay. Do you know who the promoter yeah, for Serrano is? I do know. Uh, Jake Paul. Mr. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Do you think he was there? No, he absolutely was. Of course, there. he was there. Yeah, that's his fighter. That's his. That's his number one prize fighter right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and he he's like, I want to I want to bring boxing back to its old form. I want to get the fans back and whatnot. And you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. And so I thought it was real because I didn't know before the press conference that he was he was a promoter now. But I'm like, wow, this guy has really branched out. Yeah, you know, Amanda Serrano has her belts in the featherweight, so she's jumping up two weight classes yeah. to lightweight to uh, fight the undisputed. Well, I mean, Katie, there's still one title that Katie Taylor does not have, but, you know, technically almost undisputed champion in that division. And those those reporters, they asked her, well, you know, do you think you're going to beat her? You're the odds favorite. And Serrano, she didn't she did not pull any punches. She was like, I'm going to beat her. And I've seen I, Amanda I, I Serrano like, fight. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and I am way better than her, and we will be friends afterwards and before. But during that fight, I'm going to crush her. I'm gonna tell you from experience, Amanda's are vicious. You know? Amanda's are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my wife's name's Amanda. Oh no! All right. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Um, you know, I I respect Katie Taylor. I know Amanda Serrano is just a beast in herself and in her own, putting on a little bit more weight. Yeah. Um. I don't know if, how that's going to impact her, um. But I do have Amanda Serrano by decision. Wow. Well, after watching that, mm-hmm. before watching, I I would I would have taken Katie Taylor. Yeah. Like I've seen her. I I I like the way she fights and whatnot. Mm. But Serrano, I think, is a beast. The thing is that Serrano, um, that scares me. Yeah. Serrano clears the table. She doesn't. She's been knocking out women. I mean, of course, in her weight size, of course, and yeah. whatever. But she knows how to knock people out, has experience in consistently knocking people out. Kaylee Taylor, you know, she's she fights maybe she she's a fight, heavier fighter, fights heavier women, but um, doesn't have a huge knockout rate. She has only 31%, where Serrano has a 71% knockout rate. Well... I'm gonna stick to my heart this time instead of my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Katie Taylor by decision. All right. 
But this is a massive women's fight, and everybody should be tuning in to this fight. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, history making. Uh, Madison's, Madison Square Garden. Um, man, that, that's even uh, what the mecca of boxing. And, and it's, it's on the zone too. The zone app. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, too bad it's not three rounds. I, I think there's three, a, three minutes per three, round. Or three minutes, right? Yeah. Um, because. There's a lot of women out there that are really pushing for three minute rounds because it just you you're barely starting warming up and then um, the here comes the bell. Yeah, you 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 have a game plan. You're loosening up. You're mm-hmm. trying to set up different things like Tyson Fury was yeah. doing. Right, yeah. you can't do it in two minutes. Right. I mean, it's too yeah. short of a time. Yeah. So yeah. Well, also on that Saturday live from um, Las Vegas, Nevada, we do have Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson. Yeah, so this is a super featherweight division, 135 pounds. Shakur Stevenson, Oscar Valdez, Roger Gutis are your other champs. Now, this is for Valdez's WBC and Stevenson's WBO. Now, Oscar Valdez is 31 years old. He is 30-0 and 0 with 23 Ks. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by decision September of last year, and he debuted in 2012. Now, Shakur Stevenson is... 24 years old, 17-0 and 0 with nine KOs. He is currently ranked at number one in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the 10th round October of last year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, Stevenson is a minus 550, and Valdez is a plus 340. Oscar Valdez is from Sonora, Mexico, um, standing at 5'5 with a 66-inch reach. Fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 76% knockout rate. Ranked number two in the division. Notable wins come against Robinson Consensao, Miguel Burchelt, and Jason Velez. He has no losses. Shakur Stevenson is from Newark, New Jersey. Standing at 5'8 with a 68-inch reach. Fighting out of the southpaw fight stance. He has a 52% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Jamel Herring. Jeremiah Nakatila and Joette Gonzalez. He has, he also has no losses. Who do you have in this championship unification bout? Well, I I I'm a Shakur Stevens Stevenson's fan. Yep. You know, and he told us a couple weeks ago that he's the number one fighter in the entire world, on the entire <laughs> planet. Oh yeah, is what he said. Better yeah. than Canelo and everything. So I would be stupid not to pick him, right? <laughs> So I'm going to go with Stevenson. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision. All right. Um, I also have Stevenson with a unanimous decision. Well, what a set of three fights this weekend. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be just an amazing boxing night. Um, Hopefully you'll you'll find a place to kind of hang out and sit and watch maybe have two tvs going on at the same time have the zone app on one and the espn plus on the other and uh gonna have to yeah gonna have to uh get the cobwebs off my third tv because i'm gonna have to figure all this out yeah definitely. and this is knock on wood nobody pulls out this weekend right Right, and we know well that wraps up our boxing on previews for uh, this week april 30th uh do you have any boxing news i do so after the fight uh press conference Fury came out and said, I want Wilder to fight for a vacant WBC title. He's the second best heavyweight. So, should Fury decide to retire and vacate the WBC title, he wants Wilder to fight for the belt. Uh, Fury 
of course, fought Wilder three times. What do you, what do you think about that? I think he needs another tune-up. He needs to go, like prove himself again. Wilder? Yeah, uh, because I mean, he, has he fought since Fury? I cannot. He's remember. not. He has not fought. So you want him to go kind of the back of the line and fight somebody? Yeah, because so, he's lost. He's technically Dillian White. A, you up for that? That would be an amazing. That would be a good fight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because Dillian White, um, I think he's probably doesn't move as much. And that's what Deontay Wilder needs. He needs someone that doesn't move. Okay. So a stationary object to knock him out. What about another one of your favorites, Joe Joyce? You want him fighting Wilder? I don't think so, not right now. Why is that? Nah, I think he's too young for that. He's Joe too, Joyce, yeah, right? Too, yeah. yeah, don't derail that train too early. Okay. Yeah. And do you want to fight Andy Andy Ruiz Jr.? Um, against Deontay? Yeah. Oh, man, he'll destroy he'll Ruiz. Destroy, Ruiz, right? Yeah. Okay, so if he's going to destroy most of his people, why is he in a tune-up fight? I just think so. I just think he just needs that tune-up fight to get the okay. rust off. I mean, it's been almost two years, probably. I mean, uh, no telling how what damages happened to his ear, his balance, his motor skills, or whatever. And uh, we just want to see him back in the ring before it's actually a title fight. That's it. What if his next fight is for that WBC and he gets to fight the loser of Joshua and Usyk for that title? Would you be interested in that? No, I'm sure he'll fight the winner of that. Because wouldn't they want to unify the titles? Wilder? Well, I mean, whoever wins the Usyk fight, he right. wants, to, wants to unify the WBC. So he'll well, fight the WBC the would be vacant. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That So it's vacant. So what's stopping... Oh, you're the, saying then Wilder would fight the winner so they could unify yeah, somebody's game. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, because I don't see... Let's say Usyk fought, loses, and then he's back into another championship bout. Um, yeah. for another belt. So yeah. um, I think it's Joshua, if he wins, he will go for the other belt. You know, just like, let's say, Earl Spence is doing. Okay, I got this these belts. Now I'm going for another belt. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to have another boxing event here in San Antonio. Jesse Bam Rodriguez versus uh, Sanskrit Son Rungansai, um on June 25th on The Zone. Uh, I've seen R- Rungansai. He's you have. He, He's been one of the top boxers in his d- division, and he's been ranked up there in pound for pound. So he's a, that's a he's a really good veteran fighter now. He's not as, as young as he used to be. And Jesse Bam Rodriguez is a young up, up and coming fighter. And this is in June? In June. Road trip? Uh, road trip. Sounds like it. Three Sounds hours close. for us, buddy. Yeah, not not. and I'm sure tickets are not that expensive. It can't be too expensive, right? No, well, that, no. that'll be that'll be a fun fight, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Stanionius uh, on potentially, so, hold on. So, boxer Stanionius on potentially stepping aside for the Spence- Crawford. He said, it's up to my team and I would be ready for anything. The decision made by Stanionius to step aside from a owed title shot allowed a three belt unification to take place uh, that weekend when it was Spence versus Yugas. A similar decision will allow for a fight that would crown the first ever undisputed champion if he was to step aside for Spence and Crawford. So what do you what do you make of 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 him stepping inside the first time and then potentially doing it again? What do I you mean, think? get her do got to respect where the money's at. I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid step aside money. Okay. And then um so he's getting an easy check there. Um and then, you know, let let 
let Spence and everyone clear out the division, and then he's the next cream of the crop. You know what I mean? So instead of having to fight four champions to get all the belts, he, he'll just wait until one's unified, and then he just yeah, can fight Josh fight, Taylor. Josh right? Taylor, case in point. Yeah. Josh Taylor. Well, I thought it was I, – I, I find it respectful that he's stepping aside to make this happen. I'm sure he's getting paid well to do it. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, there's only so many times you can keep stepping aside yeah. right before you've missed the boat. Yeah, but do we see him as a challenger for those belts in that division? Stanionis, well, Stanionis. Well, apparently there's some, you know, there's there's some organizations that believe he's the next mandatory. Well, it's because um, yeah, he's right? a, he's a mandatory, I mean, but I mean, is he the obligatory? I mean, I don't know if that's that's the right word to say, but I think in my in my new three levels of super elite, elite yeah. and boxer, I think he's just a boxer. Yeah, me too. I don't think he's an elite. Not yet, and. Should he prove himself? Yes, but not against the elite just yet. I mean, he's only fourteen and zero. Yeah, right. I mean, he's fighting the upper echelon yeah. of boxing. I don't think he's ready either. It's a, it's a, he hasn't got that twenty win threshold yeah. that me and you look at all the time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, according to Bob Arum, the promoter for Tyson Fury, he feels that a Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou fight would do bigger business than a Mayweather-McGregor did a few years ago. What do you think? What say you? I say that he's being a promoter at this point. Of course, but, he's promoting it. Right, right? but it's not going to do that. You don't think so? You oh, absolutely th- not. You don't think it'll, it'll... No. Huh. Like, here's the thing. If we, if we went to the mall here in town... Mm-hmm. And we ask random people, "Yeah, hey, do you know who Francis Ngannou is? They're going to go, no. Do you know who Tyson Fury is? Probably going to get half. Do you know who Conor, Conor McGregor is? Absolutely, I know who that is. And yeah. I absolutely know who Mayweather is. Yeah. And even the casual, I remember where I was at. I was at my friend's house. And we had like 50, 60 people over. And we all rented it and whatnot. Yeah. And my few of my buddies don't know boxing, don't care about, but they were interested because it was Conor McGregor fighting. Yeah. You know? But And that was five years ago. The UFC has changed five years, has become almost mainstream, almost the, the num- maybe maybe not in the number one, but, you know, just up there, got us through the pandemic sports-wise. Um, so people were a lot more eyes are on the UFC. People probably know a little bit more of the the character the 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 fighters that are on the roster they know who they are let's say uh uh george masvidal i mean you say that name a lot of people will know that name yeah. right um i don't know maybe maybe it won't do as much i think it did 4.2 million it did pay-per-view buys yeah um you don't think it comes up to at least three million well, I think that five years ago, boxing was more big than it is today. I think that has fallen from grace. Mm. You know? Um, but I don't know, because I think the box, there's the, the heavyweight division is in the limelight right now, with the bigger biggest names in boxing being in mostly in the heavyweight division, where it's five years ago, who was a, it was like the Klitschko's were the, the champions, and we never saw the heavyweight titles being yeah. uh, fought fought for here in the United States. Now we've had Deontay Wilder um, with a championship. And then, you know, most recently with, uh, um, with Usyk and 
Joshua and Fury. Here's the problem. Me and you are sitting in the forest, mm-hmm. right? We look at, we watch it every day. We're hardcore fans. Yeah. We're not outside the forest looking in. And and th- how you get to 4.2 million is you need those outsiders looking yeah. in. And when I say McGregor and Mayweather to my girlfriend, she's going, yeah, I'll check it out. When yeah. I say Naganu and Fury, she's going to go. I mean, she came home, and, w- and I was watching that fight, and the only reason she knew is because she bet on it. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> she was like, who's that guy? I don't know. I don't understand what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it's promoted. It's another thing it's promoting. Yeah. and um, But we're a long ways off. You think so? Because Francis Ngannou is still seven months from being well again. I mean, yeah. we're talking a year from now. Yeah. Well, a I lot mean, could change. Tyson Fury can fight again if he wanted to. Yeah. Usyk and yeah. Uh, Joshua. And then set up a next summer yeah. fight with uh, Francis Ngannou. Yeah, so we're talking a year and three months, man. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I, I of course, am going to turn in. You're going to turn in. Yeah, of right? course. So. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's uh, segment in boxing. Hopefully, you get to catch um, the three big fights that we did preview. Amanda Serrano heading headlining with Katie Taylor from Madison Square Garden. Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, a big, big fight in that division. And then also uh, veterans Liam Smith and Jesse Vargas fighting on the zone app. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to our MMA segment for this week. Recapping um, UFC Fight Night, Lemos versus Andrade. Man, the UFC did a number on our uh, on our previews and it uh, was, or recaps. It was now. switching out the main card like last minute, last day, minute, day before. Yeah, day before, last minute. Uh, one got scrapped and they threw another one in there. It was so confusing this yeah, time. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, out of uh, the six that... Or we, we previewed five because we weren't sure with the six. They canceled with the six. And then um, they canceled one of the top five that we did preview. They did, I know. Right? They canceled um, Manel Cop versus Sue Mudajeri. But we got four of them. We got four. And of we're them. able to recap those. Yeah, definitely. So let's just get, jump into um, Charles Jordan versus La- Lando Venata. 67% of the vo- fans voted for Jordan, 33% for Venata. Charles Jordan goes in and um, gets it done in the first round. Yeah, both fighters were looking to, to get on a win streak, bring some violence, and bring home some bonus money. Yeah, definitely. I thought Venata was going to... Take take this fight. I did too early on, didn't you? Early on, yeah. I mean, I was like, goodness gracious, and I and I picked. I think I picked Jordan, and um, I just think uh, Jordan just kept his composure. He did. Um, and landed a nice, you know, straight um, jab that dropped. Uh, dropped him, yeah, and put him in a one arm guillotine. One arm, one guillotine. arm, and it yeah. was tight. It was amazing it to see that. Amazing, amazing. So yes, Charles Charles Jordan does defeat Lan- Lando Venata. Um, Jordan now is th- thirteen and four overall, ranked thirty third in thirty third in the UFC. Um, what does he go next? Well, he's in the UFC four three and one now. Um, what about a Pat Sabatini who has fought and is on a winning streak? He is seventeen and three and four and zero in the UFC. I like that. I like. That. I have that on here too, and I also have maybe a few more uh, spaces above. Ju- is Julian Erosa? 
uh, ranked 27th. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, that'll be good. How about for uh, Lando Venata? Ranked 39th now. He's 12 and 6 and 2, 4, 6 and 2 in the UFC. Up and down with his wins and losses. Um, he needs to find a winnable matchup. I've got a Ricardo Ramos. Right above him, it's fifteen and four and three and or six and three in the UFC coming off coming off a loss. Um, I have a Tucker Lutz thirty seventh. Um, I believe Tucker Lutz is also coming off a loss. Yeah, and then or a uh, Jonathan Pierce, um, which I believe he's coming off a he's like on two fight winning streak. I believe so uh, an up and coming for him. Whatever he does, he needs to learn from this. What was supposed to be a win ended up a loss. Learn from it and get another win. Definitely. Next up on the card, we had Macy Barber versus Montana De La Rosa. 44% of our voters voted for Macy Barber with 56% voting for Montana De La Rosa. These two female flyweights were fighting for contender status for a future title belt shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a wrestling match, right? It was. I mean, it was, they spent most of the gra- most of the time on the ground. Um, I have Macy Baker or uh, Barber winning all rounds, 10-9 straight all three rounds did you, did you have montana winning any i, I Della rosa i did yeah. i had the second okay the second now, now barbara controlled most of the fight like you said yeah when, whatever she did but you know Della rosa had her moments i she mean did have she moments. did she she looked to be game um but yeah she did not have an answer for for dern's you know ground attacks yeah yeah definitely barbara does win uh defeats De La Rosa by unanimous unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. Uh, what's next for uh, Miss Macy Barber? Well, she's currently ranked 10th now, 10-2, 5-2 in the UFC. I think there is a line in front of her right now, which is an issue in this division for her. But I think a fight with Manon Farrat, winner gets the next title shot f- for the title. Um, yeah, you're right. There's a log jam. That's why I don't see her going in anywhere past maybe number seven, Jennifer Maya. Uh, I believe Jennifer Maya just is coming off of a fight. And, uh, or maybe just set something up for the future with um, Mariana Moraz, who's 16th, but on a three-fight winning streak. Yeah, whatever the case is, I think that Barber uh, needs to have a few more fights on her belt before she fights a GOAT because... That that title shot against Valentina is going to be a major test for her. Uh, how about for uh, Montana De La Rosa? Well, uh, she's currently ranked twenty first, twelve and seven, and four four and one in the UFC. Um, she's just clearly a tough night out. Whoever she fights, I do have at twenty third Amira Agabova, who is ten and three, two and two, and it would be a good fight with both of them coming off losses. Um, I have a Shajara Eubanks. Okay. Um, or Arena Lipsky, maybe. I like the Lipsky fight. Yeah. yeah. Next up on the card, we have Clay Guida versus Claudio Puelles. 77% of our voters voted for Clay Guida. Guida. And 22% or 23% voted for Claudio Puelles. This was a young and hungry up-and-comer and was looking to add a legend and longtime staple to the ufc fighter's name to his resume yeah definitely and clay guida looked good i mean he looked active circling away from the fighter m- yeah. moving you know bobbing and weaving getting in getting a couple punches in um but it just ultimately we do have Poyas, you know just 
getting it to the ground and locking, trying to get some submission locks in, and it finally does get that submission lock. It was a smart strategy because the problem with fighting Clay Guida is he's is he's so active yeah. that that you lose your thought of your game plan and right. you start fighting his game. Yeah. And he, and he said, look, I'm not going to fall into that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him to the ground where I'm really good yeah. and see if I can submit him. And that's exactly what he did. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, and ultimately, Claudio Poyas does land the third knee bar submission um, for him in the UFC. Um, what's next for Claudio Poyas? Well, he's ranked 32nd, 12-2, and 5-1 in the UFC now. Um, it was a good win against a gatekeeper in this division. Uh, so... He, I think he should fight either Rick Glenn or he could fight another gatekeeper, Jim Miller, right above him. Yeah, I didn't even see those names there. Um, I like the, he, he's a underrated thirty-two ranked thirty-two. Don't you think? I mean, he just is. the way that he presented himself, the way he fought, yes, the 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 skill level that he probably possesses. Um, I think we're looking at a future contender big time within the next maybe year or so. Uh, but I, in saying that, I do have him fighting another future contender, okay. uh, Mark Madsen, who's also, who is, is undefeated and ranked 24th in division. Isn't he the Olympian? Yes, the wrestler. The wrestler Olympian? Yeah. I like that fight. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I think I'm going Claudio on that one. Me too. I, I would go to right? Claudio. Yeah. I mean, he's only 25 years old, Claudio. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot in front of him. And Mountain, I think, is 37, 36. Mm-hmm. He's older. The other thing is yeah. that and maybe on the other side of that spectrum, uh, Armin Tarsarukian, who's ranked 15th, also a wrestler too. Um, but that's on the other end of that spectrum that we're yeah. talking about, right? So Madsen's on one end, maybe the experienced Olympian, but a little bit older, whereas Tarsarukian is probably the younger wrestler um maybe that's i mean and that's really jumping that's jumping 15 spots to go fight him but i, I mean i don't do think that? that's a jump like i feel like me and you are going to be talking about claudio yeah. for many more years and yeah. he's going to eventually be a lead i think you're right i think so too yeah how about for mr clay guida well clay guida is 33rd in this division 37 and 22 17 and 16 in the ufc uh you know he's always going to find a fun fight uh a fun night out uh fight and pick another elite fighter mix yeah. it up i'm good with it man yeah i have here um terrence mckinney he's ranked 36 i mean he's coming off of a exciting loss i mean he, yeah. he could have very well won that fight um but terrence mckinney young up-and-comer um this would be a great test for him and in his path towards back to getting back into the top ranks. Yeah, absolutely. Next up in the card, we have the main event of the evening. Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade. 44% of the fans voted for Lemos and 55% voted for Jessica Andrade. This was a fight that had one fighter on a five-fight five win streak looking to get another win against a former champ in this strawweight division. Jessica Andrade, I mean, what can I say? She, um, I think Lemos had a couple of really good shots on Andrade. And if it, if she, if it wasn't for um, slipping one of those punches and Andrade using her strength and securing a standing arm triangle, uh, I think it would be a little bit different. I think so. I, I think Lemos 
was tentative of the strength and power of Andrade and did not was not able to utilize the game yeah. plan she came in with. I think she just was scared. The game plan I feel was to strike, right? Go, sure. Go in there with a the fight, the striking match, right? Not necessarily. Don't deal with her strength. Don't try to um, right wrestle her or nothing because you'll lose that fight. Um, but like I said, Andrade did, was masterful in dodging a, a swing and in catching her. And putting a uh, uh, a, a uh, standing arm triangle choke. Do you know that's the first in UFC history? A standing, yeah, standing arm triangle. Can you that's believe crazy. that? It's uh, yeah. I mean, if her goal was to make a, a huge statement on her quest to return to the title, she did it. Oh, she did. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. I mean, Jessica Andrade does defeat Amanda Lemos in the su- by submission in the first round. Where does you know we just you just said that she's probably in line for the championship fight, but if she's not. If it's not against Rose or the winner of Rose and her fight with Asparza, um, who's next then? Well, she's fifth right now in this division, 23-9, and 14-7 and seven in the UFC. I don't believe a title shot should be in her future right now. I think there should be another couple fights. I think a fight with Marina Rodriguez at fourth, who is 16-1-2 and 6-1-2 and and in the UFC. I think that would possibly set up one of those fighters for yeah. possibly a title shot. Yeah, I like that. I have that too. Marina Rodriguez. Um, how about for uh, Amanda Lemos? I mean, where does she go from here? Well, she's currently ranked tenth now, eleven two and one, and five and two in the UFC. Um, she fought a killer in this division, a former champion. Yeah. Um, I think she's going to learn from this moment. Uh, I I don't see a fight. Uh, Anywhere you know close to her, other than Michelle Watterson, who's at ninth, eighteen and nine, six and five, and both are coming off losses. I have Michelle Watterson here too. I don't know if she's still active. Um, I think she's uh, taking some time off, but oh, she uh, is. I, I believe so. Um, or I have a Tisha Torres ranked eighth. Ooh, I like division. that too. So, well. Speaking of this division, while we're, while we're talking about it, so I guess the Wei Li and Chen Chechek fight. Yeah. Uh, did you see where it's not going to be a five round fight? Yeah, so it's thir- three round. It's fight, only right? three rounds. Yeah, what do you think crazy. about that? It should be five round, but then again, um, only really special fights and championship fights. Seems like fight. that's special. It should be right that you think that, it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it has to do with conditioning. I think it has to do with the all out war that these two could. Like yeah. inflict on each other, and they just don't want to go down that road. And it's I mean, in Singapore, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was a surprise to hear that it was just going to be three rounds. Yep. So, who do you think was um performance of the night? We have two performances of the night, both in the main card. Main card? Yeah. Ooh. Well, what about Claudio and his leg bar? You're correct. Okay. And the next one? Well, it's got to be the first in the history. The, yeah. ar- the triangle arm arm guillotine by Andrade. Yeah, definitely. Jessica Andrade does yeah. win. Both of them do win performances of the night. Uh, the fight of the night went to an undercard um, or a preliminary fight. Okay. Uh, Sergi Kendo Soko versus Dwight Grant. Okay. So what do you think about this uh, fight card? How, how, how did you um, Where Where's my it? bar on that? Yeah. Well, you know, I changed the channel, go over to Bellator. So uh, I'm going to have to give it a 5 5. I, I mean, it's just. A 5? Yeah, probably yeah. a 5.5, maybe. 
It just didn't live up to and and it was so switched over. I could never get a chance. Like they were eliminating and adding fights. I couldn't get my Yeah. You know, I kind of build up when it's yeah. Friday and I'm looking at the card. I'm yeah. starting to think about it and it's going to build up my momentum to it. I yeah. couldn't get into it. Yeah, you're right. What yeah, you I, I give it about a six. Yeah. A, a, sol- a solid six. I mean, I mean, we did have some great, great matches, great uh, talent on, on show. Young talent. Boyes was on there and he did really yep. good. Nice little, um, uh, was a knee bar and then Andrade, you know, making her way back into the division, uh, top of the division. And we got to see Macy Barber again. I do yeah. enjoy watching her, yeah. you know, at her skill because it's so elite on the ground. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, six is is okay with me. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't think no one would argue that this was kind of lackluster uh, of a card, um, just because of all the changes and you know, there's not that very many names, that, big names that we had. The biggest name probably being um, maybe Clay Guida. As far as the men's side and uh, Andrade on the other side, yeah, uh, so we had a few submissions in, in, in on this card, and I've and I, I don't know if you know this. I didn't know it until I heard it. Did you know? Do you know why fighters tap sometimes when you can see that it doesn't seem like they need to? Uh, because they know it's over with. I don't know. Uh-uh. No, that's not. Yeah. Apparently, if you get submitted, and let's say it's a guillotine, and you pass out. You're automatically a six month suspension. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. If you if you tap out early, yeah, on anything yeah. and don't pass out, or let's say a break, you know, an arm bar or whatever, yeah. you only are out thirty days. Huh? Yeah, that's a fighter had said that, and I was like, what? Yeah. And in fact, they said it on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's like, I didn't even know that. And he goes, Yeah. yeah. He goes, the unwritten rule is if you feel like you know you're going to go out or whatever, tap yeah. so that the commission doesn't sit you out for six months yeah so that you can see that you know you're still conscious you didn't lose conscience yeah um and you tapped and then that's it you live to fight another 30 days in another 30 days isn't that a weird yeah. rule though man yeah. well i mean it's it's, I mean, it's understandable because if you get unconscious or knocked unconscious well, what makes it it's six months i mean that doesn't make sense just because they went unconscious people go unconscious every day when they're just training i, I i'm yeah. assuming right i mean uh, yeah i'm assuming i don't know maybe, I don't know. maybe but that's maybe it's a Maybe just very far fetched as far as you know. Yeah. Okay, six months, but uh, fascinating, right? Yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah. Well, the UFC train moves on. This time, it's going back to Las Vegas, or it's staying in Las Vegas. It moves on, but it stays in Las Vegas, right? Um, but uh, moving on towards that UFC pay per view here in a couple of weeks. But first, we have UFC on ESPN Font versus uh, Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. And first on the card, we have. Gerald Merchart versus Christoph Jotko in a middleweight division clash. So this is under 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champ. Now, Christoph Jotko is 32 years old, 23-5, and five, with six KOs, one submission, and 16 decisions. He is currently ranked 18th. His last fight was a win by decision in October last year, and he is 4-1 and one in his last five fights. Now, Gerald JM3 Merchart is 34 years old. 34 and 14 with 6 KOs, 26 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 24th. His last fight was a win by submission in the third round, December of last year, and he is 3-2 and two in his last 5 fights. Now, Jocko is a minus 170, and Mershot is a plus 145. Gerald Mershot is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, standing at 6'1", with a 75 and a half inch reach, representing Aguilar 
combative systems. Made his UC debut back in December 2016, he now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Dustin Stolfus, Mahmoud Moradov, and Bartosz Fabinski. Notable losses come against Hazmat Shemaev, Ian Hainish, and Eric Anders. Krzysztof Jotko is from Poland, standing at 6'1", with a 77-inch reach, representing Planet Eater, MMA. He has no performance awards. Notable wins come against Misha Serkinov, Eric Anders, and Marc-Andre Baralt. Notable losses come against Sean Strickland, Brad Tavares, and Uriah Hall. This is a good opening uh, fight on the card, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, who who do you think is gonna start off with a win or decision with with a win in this card? I'm gonna tell you. Um, I know Jocko is the favorite, but I've seen Mershot. He's a tough night yeah. out. Yeah, and he's a real tough night out if he gets you on the ground. He's got yeah. 26 submissions, man. Three, three three submission win streak right now. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Well, I like streaks. Yeah. So give me Mershot by submission in the second round. Yeah, definitely. I also have Mershot by submission in the first round. Okay. Next up on the card, we have Darren Elkins versus Tristan Connolly. So this is at the featherweight division, 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our current champ. Now, Darren, the damage, Elkins, is 37 years old, 26 and 10 with nine KOs, five submissions and 12 decisions. He is currently ranked 29th. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the first round, December of last year, and he is 2 and 1 in his last three fights. Now, Tristan Boondock Conley is 36 years old, 14 and 7 with four KOs, nine submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 64th in this division. His last fight was a decision April of last year, and he is 2 and 1 in his last three fights. Now, Elkins is a minus 170, and Conley is a Plus 145. Darren Elkins is from Sacramento, California, standing at 5'10 with a 71-inch reach, representing Dulan Valle Toto. He made his UFC debut back in March of 2010. He now has three performance awards. Notable wins come against Derek Mininer, Luis Eduardo Garagori, and Michael Johnson. Notable losses come against Cub Swanson, Nate Lewitt, Lindenwer, Lindenwer, and Ryan Hall. Tristan Conley is from Canada, standing at 5'10 with a 68-inch reach, representing Checkmate Vancouver. He made his UFC debut back in August of two, back in September of 2014. Notable wins come against Michael Piera, and notable losses come against Diego Sanchez. Well, um, another good fight on this card, I think. Yeah, definitely. Very close. Uh, minus one seventy to plus one forty five. Uh, similar records, similar ages. But I like Darren the Damage Elkins. I think he's a formidable <laughs> opponent. I'm going to take him uh, by decision. Um, I have Darren Elkins by decision. Next up on the card, we have Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. So this is the lightweight division, 155 pounds. Charles Oliveira is our current champion. Now, Jared Flash Gordon is 33 years old, 18-4 and four with six KOs, two submissions, and 10 decisions. He is currently ranked 28th in the division. His last fight was a win by decision October of last year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. 
Now, Grant KGD Dawson is 28 years old, 17 and 1 with four KOs, 11 submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked 26. His last fight was a draw October of last year, and before that, he was on an eight-fight win streak. Now, Dawson is a minus 160, and Gordon is a plus 135. Jared Gordon is from Queens, New York, standing at 5'9", with a 68-inch reach, representing Renzo Gracie Academy. He made his UC debut back in June of 2017. He now has one performance awards. Notable wins come against Joe Selecki, Danny Chavez, and Chris Fishgold. Notable losses come against Charles Oliveira, Joaquim Silva, and Carlos Diego Fiera. Grant Dawson is from Lee Summit, Missouri, standing at 5'10", with a 72-inch reach, representing Glory MMA and Fitness. He made his UC debut back in March of 2019. He now has one performance award. Notable wins come against Leonardo Santos, Derek Menner, and Julian Erosa. So this is the third fight that the odds are really close still to. Still, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... It's a pick em. It's a pick em, right? Right. So who, well, you pick? who are you picking? I'm picking Dawson by decision. Dawson by decision. Okay. Well, I've been picking the favorites. I... Man, this is a, just a tough one uh, <laughs> to not pick the. I'm gonna I'm gonna go underdog. I'm gonna take Flash Gordon uh, by decision. All right. Next up on the card, we have Andre Feely versus Joe jo Anderson Brito. So this is the featherweight division, 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our champion. Now Andre Touchy Feely is 31 years old, 21 and eight with nine KOs, three submissions, and nine decisions. He is currently ranked 18th in this division. His last fight was a no contest due to an eye poke in the second round, June of last year, and he is 1-2-1 in his last four fights. Now, Joe Anderson Brito is 27 years old, 12-3 and with five KOs, five submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked 66 in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision, January of this year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Andre Feely is from Sacramento, California, standing at 5'11", with a 74-inch reach, representing Team Alpha Male. He made his UFC debut back in March of 2013. He has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Charles Jordan, Shaman Morais, and Miles Jury. Notable losses come against Bryce Mitchell, Sodik Youssef, and Michael Johnson. Joanna Sembrito is from Brazil, standing at 5'8", with a 72-inch reach, representing Shoot the Box Baru. He made his UFC debut back in January of 2015. He has one performance award. Notable wins come against Bill Algeo. Who do you have well, in this one? Feely is a minus 270, and Brito is a plus 220. So this one clearly is a little bit, uh, a little bit different than the first three, you know? So... They 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 like Feely a lot a lot more in this fight. Well, does that change your decision? <sighs> of who's going who are you going to pick? You know what? Uh, I like a little Andre. I like a little Touchy Feely. I'm going to take him by decision. All right. Um, I like I like Andre Feely also. How do you like your Feely? Um, let's get a. That's in a knockout in the second round. Okay. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event, Jake Collier versus Andre Arlovsky. 
This is in the heavyweight division. Francis Nagano is our current champion. Now, Andre the Pitbull Orlowski is 43 years old, 33 and 20, with seven K, 17 KOs, three submissions, and 13 decisions. He is currently ranked 16th in this division. His last fight was a win by decision February of this year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. Now, Jake the Prototype Collier is 33 years old, 13 and 6, with five KOs, four submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked 27th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the first round, January of this year, and he is 2-1 and one in his last three fights. Now, Orlowski is a minus-130 favorite, and Collier is a plus-110. Jake Collier is from Cuba, Missouri, standing at 6'3", with a 78.5-inch reach. He represents No Excuse MMA made his UFC debut back in December of 2014. He now has two performance awards. Notable wins come against Chase Sherman, Gian Vellante, and Marcel Fortuna. Notable losses come against Carlos Felipe, Tom Aspinall, and Devin Clark. Andre Arlovsky is from the from Belarus, standing at 6'3 with a 77-inch reach, representing American Top Team. He made his UFC debut back in November of 2000 and made his second start in the UFC back in July, June of 2014. He has three performance awards. Notable wins comes against Jared Vandera, Carlos Felipe, and Chase Sherman. Notable losses come against Tom Aspinall, Roginio Rosenstruck, and our Augusto Sakai. Well, this is a legend fighting. Yeah, tw- almost 22 years off and on in the UFC. Did you ever see him in his prime when he was prime? Uh, you know, just uh, only in the history books. Yeah. Yeah. He is a killer. Yeah. But he was a killer 10 years ago. Yeah. Is he a killer today? Mm. Mm. Maybe not so much. Yeah. Is he, a, is he a gatekeeper in this division? Of course. I think so, right? Yeah. 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 But will a gatekeeper win this fight? What is your thoughts? I do have him winning by decision. Wow. Yeah. The fountain of youth keeps on running. For Orlowski. Correct. Well, I don't think so, and (laughs) I think the prototype is going to win by decision. Give me Collier. All right. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. So this is at the Bantamweight division, 135 pounds. Aljamain Sterling is our current champ. Now, Rob Font is 34 years old, 19-5, and five, with eight KOs, four submissions, and seven decisions. He is currently ranked sixth in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision December of last year, and he is 4-1 and one in his last five fights. Now, Marlon Chito Vera is 29 years old, 18-7, and seven, with seven KOs, eight submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 7th in the division. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round November of last year, and he is 3-2 and two in his last five fights. Now, Font is a minus 135, and Vera is a plus 115. Rob Font is from Boston, Massachusetts, standing at 5'8 with a 71-inch reach, representing Lausanne Mixed Martial Arts. He made his UFC debut back in July of 2014. Now He now has three performance awards. Notable wins come against Cody Garbrandt, Marlon Marais, and Ricky Simone. Notable losses come against Jose Aldo, Rafael Asuncao, and Pedro Munoz. Marlon Vera is from Ecuador. He, is stands, he stands at 5'8", with a 70-inch reach, representing Team, team Oyoama. He made his UFC debut back in November of 2014. 
He now has four performance awards. Notable wins come against Frankie Edgar, Sean O'Malley, Davy Grant. Notable losses come against Jose Aldo, Sonia Dong, and John Lineker. Who do you have in this um, main event? Well, when this thing came on the schedule, me and you were pretty excited about yeah, seeing this, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. this has been kind of anticipated to see where Font is in this division. Yeah, definitely. He's this coming is, off a loss, right? He's coming off a loss, mm-hmm. but... You know, he's fighting a, a top 10, and a win here could start either title shot or getting very close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, with that being said, it's a pick em by odds. I don't think it's a pick em. I think it's going to be fought by decision. All right. And who do you like? Well, I like me some Cheeto Vera. What? Knockout in the third round. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about this card? You know, it's one of those cards that we always say, you know, well, it's uh, it doesn't have all the big names on there, but it has notable names as far as, you know, people that we've we've seen throughout the the year or so. Uh, Andre Feely is one of those guys that's always off and on. He yeah. is there or is not. Uh, Andre Avlosky, a legend. But are we watching the twilight, the, the tail end of the legend's right. career? Um, and then Darren Elkins and Jetco and Mershart, they're all kind of um, in-betweeners, right? They are, yeah, and and let's be honest, the bar was set low last week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I feel pretty confident that this is going to be an entertaining card come Saturday. Yeah, and one of our um, one of the fights that we were going to preview last week um, ended up on this card: uh, Alexander Romanov versus Chase Sherman. I know, I'm yeah. excited to see that. I think it's headlining the uh, preliminary. I believe so too. Um. So well, yeah. Well. You know, it's going to be a big week. Again, we have boxing coming up um, this week. And then um, this uh, UFC Fight Night, Rob Font versus Chito Vera. Absolutely. Do you have uh, any MMA news? I do. So, Shell Sonnen has come out and said he doesn't believe welterweight star Kobe Covington will accept a much-discussed fight against rising contender Kosmat Shemaev. He doubts the chances of Covington accepting a fight in which his opponent could secure a title shot while he couldn't. He says, I don't think that they that they have that match. I don't think they'll ever have that match. I don't even think they've even spoken to Kobe about this match. Uh, Dana White, of course, said this is the direction we're going in. It was meant to be a compliment to Kobe. But Dana was trying to say, Covington, who is a star, I'm going to have to take my star and I'm going to have to put him in a main event. Whoever wins between Burns and Shemaev is going to have to be fed into a main event. So, do you think that there will be a Shemaev versus Covington? Uh, I do. I do. I sooner believe, than later? I believe it is sooner than later, yeah. Because he's right in the fact that if Kobe Kobe Covington beats Shemaev, which that's a big if, mm-hmm. he probably is not going to be fighting for a title. Whereas if Shemaev wins, he gets a title shot. So what does he have to gain by fighting him? Money. 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 You think he'll get paid well to fight Shemaev? Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then recognition. I mean, more people will know who you are. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. I think that's a, a fight to make. Well, I certainly would like to see that fight for sure. 
Uh, definitely, it looks like Dustin Poirier is calling for a new a creation of a new UFC division. Um, looks like it's he's looking either at 162 or 165. Um, you know, it's something that the the uh, Eagle FC has in their promotion, and it allows people such as um, uh, who was that, uh, Kevin Lee, to yeah. kind of not make too much, you know, make a fuss or. Uh, not struggle as much to make weight, and he looked great in that uh, in his in his FC fight in his Eagle FC fight night. I think they. I think we're getting to the maturity level of MMA that we need to start adding just a couple more because yeah. one fifty five to one seventy. I mean that is such a huge jump. One seventy to one eighty five is a huge jump, and yeah. then we've got one eighty five to two hundred five. I mean. Yeah. There needs to be some additional divisions for sure, and he's right. Yeah, definitely. So an exhibition boxing match on July 2nd has uh, been signed. Dan Hardy will take on Diego Sanchez in an exhibition boxing match. The Hardy-Sanchez fight will be an eight-round exhibition where the participants will wear 16-ounce glove and fight in two-minute rounds. If the fight goes to indecision, it will be automatically ruled as a draw. The boxing event will also feature the return of Ricky Hatton, 45-3 with 32 KOs, against Marco Antonia Barrera, who is 67-7 with one no contest with 44 KOs and is now officially booked. What do you think about that? Well, that's an interesting card. I mean, I saw that uh, the 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 main event, Dan Hardy and Diego Sanchez. Sanchez, yeah. So is that all in one card? It is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I seen. Do they have some kind of beef with each other, Diego Sanchez and Dan Hardy? I mean, I, I think it, it. There's something stemming from. Is there? I don't know. From way. I back know in Sanchez the past. just fought earlier this year in MMA. I thought. Yeah, FC Eagle FC. He, he was Eagle there. FC, right? He, he didn't really. He didn't. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. No. And then um, Dan Hardy is an ex-UFC fighter and also an ex-UFC commentator, so still in the game, still probably working out. Um, you know, I don't know. Do I want to see Diego Sanchez fight again? I don't know if that's something I would like. Here's here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Do we even want to see Sanchez, after we saw him a few weeks ago, versus Dan Hardy in an MMA fight, let alone we're just going to see him throw some gloves around? I mean... I don't know if I'm... That doesn't interest me. No. Well, how about the other people on the card? I mean, Ricky Hatton. I, I do like the Hatton, but yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a, I mean, I remember him growing up. You yeah, know. me too. You know, this is just obviously a continuation of what we've been seeing lately of MMA fighters crossing over to boxing. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, we do have a uh, UFC manager calling out um, Canelo Alvarez. UFC manager calling out Alvarez. Kamaru Usman's manager, Ali Aldelaziz, um, is uh, saying that he's a chicken, that Canelo Alvarez is chicken. Canelo Alvarez is not chicken. (laughs) (laughs) He has a full plate. Have we not seen his schedule? He eats eats chicken and steak. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mexican steak. (laughs) As much as we consider... Kamar Usman, a super elite fighter. Yeah, he's getting crushed in the boxing ring. I, I just think he will. Canelo is on a different level. Fascinating in a dream world of a video game, but I don't think we're ever seeing that in real life. Man. So you wouldn't want to see it. 
Of course I want to see it, but I don't think it's going to turn out well for Kamara Usman. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, if you told me that round one was boxing, round two, Kamara could take him down MMA yeah. style, and then round three would be boxing, and that would be entertaining. But it's clearly a one-sided uh, rule fight. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Now on to our Pick'em League. Our Pick'em League. Well, Allen didn't do so well this week. Oh, no. <laughs> I went 1-0 in boxing, but right. I went 1-4. One 1-4. And one and oh, my goodness. Terrible, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting at 41 wins. Okay. Now, Daniel had a better week. All he right. went one and zero in boxing, and he went three and one. Three and one. There you go. So you have now, on week eleven, mm-hmm. taken over the top spot All right. of podcasters. You have forty four wins. Forty four wins, and you have forty one. Forty one. Oh, so there you go. I've I've got a few different ones this yep. week, so I have a chance. They say there's a chance. Both have a chance. Yeah, that's right. Now our players, uh, we will start uh, at the bottom. Brian has twelve. Dom has twenty six. Lynn has 32. I, of course, have 41. Omar, 42. You have 44. You are tied with Shane, who was once leading this at 44. Shannon is 49, and we have a new leader. Dan is at 50. Oh, man. And we have one week left. So 49 and 50. So technically, it's just down to them two. It's down to them two. The reigning champion versus a possible new champion. I guess the only way that um, anyone else can take over them if if they go, if they don't vote. (laughs) If they don't vote. (laughs) Right. And then, um, and you said Omar didn't vote a couple of times. No. He he had two blanks. Or he probably... (laughs) Would be leading this. Probably. Omar's got to yeah. pick that up next season for yeah, sure. Next season. Pick up the space. Uh, he needs to get those reminders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it looks like we it's just down to two. We two have an interesting race yeah. going into yeah. the last week. The last week of the yeah. of the uh, league. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone that's always listening to us to, and always um, joining us in that Pick'em League. Be sure to check that out. Be sure to remember it's going to be hopefully posted by Thursday, and you can get your submissions in um, before the fight starts. And always remember to uh, head to Facebook or Instagram and check out the latest uh, breaking news that we're always posting every day. All right. Well, everyone, thank you to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy Friday. We'll see you next week.